Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. There's so much to be thankful for, amen? Amen. Last week was wonderful and great seeing the ministry of God's Word and Spirit flourish in the lives of people. And uh, it seems like it's been a month. I have had one of those weeks where last Sunday seems like it was a long time ago. Meaning I was looking forward to today. Amen. To gather together with you and others on this journey called the Christian faith, the walk of faith. And, you know, I was thinking just a moment ago that as we've been in this series on the book of Hebrews, Christ is better. I'm so thankful that we don't have to pay the amount that the book of Hebrews is worth to access it. Because Hebrews is rich. (laughs) It is rich in the depth and application and the truth that is contained within it. And I'm just thankful that today we can freely, freely have access to the richness of truth that's found in this book called Hebrews. Amen? So with that being said, I want us to stand today in the beginning for the reading of the Word of God. And uh, that means I want you to get out of your seat, stand up. Every one of you, I won't move forward until we all stand. Amen. Amen. The honoring of God's Word and the free access we have to it. In Hebrews chapter 7, beginning in verse 18. Hebrews chapter 7, beginning in verse 18, it says, For on the one hand, someone say one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, someone say other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God and inasmuch as he who was not made priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath, but he, this is Jesus, with an oath by him who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever. According to the order of Melchizedek. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. You may be seated. I want to teach a message today titled, Thickets and a Throne. Thickets and a Throne. And I would like to pray. Good, good Father, we thank you. That as Pastor Craig said, whether we are a babe in Christ or one that is on our next lap in your kingdom, more mature, we all only have access to your throne, a throne of grace, because of Jesus. And Lord, today we ask your Holy Spirit to help us to fix our eyes. On Jesus. He who is a better hope. 
a better covenant, a better hand, so much more a better way. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would convict lives today of the reality that he's better. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing what only you can do. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. It's interesting there in the passage we read in Hebrews, there's two powerful phrases that the writer of Hebrews uses. He says, a better hope. In verse 19 there of Hebrews 7. And then in verse 22, he says, a better covenant. I just want to remind you up front that God, your creator, he has a better hope than any hope you've ever had on your own. That he has a better covenant and a better way of doing things than any way you've ever found of accomplishing something on your own. Today the writer of Hebrews clarifies, regardless of what we feel today and regardless of the valley or the ditch or the mountaintop or the circumstance or the experience that we find ourselves in, the writer of Hebrews up front here in this chapter says that Jesus is a better hope. Jesus is a better covenant. See, I found in 36 years of life that there is something called transitions and there is something that is called processes that are inescapable. Not just talking about transitions outwardly. I'm talking about transitions that take place inwardly. Transitions where we had desires and wills that we thought we're full of hope. That was a better way. Yet God desires to transition those places of our heart and our desires to something better. Some of us have dreams and goals. We think it is the better way for us. And I found that in following Jesus, He desires to transition our hopes and aspirations and dreams and goals to His better way and better plan for our life. Does anybody understand what I'm saying this morning? That there are transitions and there are processes. In fact, there are transitions even in our emotions. This is why though we haven't talked much about it, we'll next month be in a series dealing with emotions. We have these transitions and these processes. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying is that the people that he's writing to in context were going through some major transitions. They were dealing with major change in their processes. It comes out of chapter 6 talking about Thickets and thorns. Of how God had a way for people's lives to be fruitful. To be fulfilled in Him. And yet instead they're caught up in thickets. Their lives are bearing thorns. They're being pierced. And yet in chapter 7 he says, but there's a better hope. 
There's a better covenant. There's a better way for, look at it with me again, Hebrews 7 and 18. He says, for on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment. He's talking about the law of Moses. He's talking about the old covenant. He's talking about the old temple system. He's talking about the old way of trying to follow God. And he says that it was weak. There was a weakness in the old way. Because it did not ultimately profit us. He says, therefore the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. The first thing we want to highlight here is that there is a better hand. There's a better hand. I don't know what hand life has dealt you. I don't know how up to this point you've learned to, to deal with emotions and deal with stress and deal with getting through doors and barriers in life to, to, to move things forward. I don't know up to this point in life how you've learned to use your hand to cope and to achieve things. But the writer of Hebrews is telling people that were faced like us with this process of God and God wanting to transition us from depending on one hand because there's another hand. Can I tell you today that you might have been depending on your hand, but there is another hand that's available today. It is the hand of God through the hand that was pierced for you and I. And His name is Jesus Christ. And He's got a better hand. He's got a better hand that you can play life with. See, I grew up in a family that played cards. One of our staples was spades. Now we play a game called Old Heck. It's like spades, but it's a little more, uh, a little more focused in. You have to get your bid. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you get close to it or more. You got to get it exactly. But so often playing that, I, you know, as a young person growing up, faced temptation, Josh, to put put my own deck in my own pocket and just switch hands at times. You know what I'm talking about. When mom and dad wasn't looking, I was tired of getting beat. I want to tell you today that I know some of you, life has been like a thicket. See, a, a thicket is a place where there is thick bushes and shrubs it, it, it seems as a way to protect you. It seems like a good place to hide in life. But the problem is, is that in thickets there are thorns. And some of us have been playing a hand in life and we think it's actually helping us. It's actually protecting our heart, protecting our way. But instead, it's causing thorns to enter us. The dangerous thing about thorns is that Though they're small, if you let them stay in your hand, if you let thorns stay in your heart, if you let thorns stay in you, they will continue to infect other areas. This is what the writer of Hebrews is saying is that you've been playing a hand, but God is saying there's another hand. There's a better way that will profit you. There's a better way that will perfect you. There's a better way that will bring rest to you. 
to better hand. And I find that when God is trying to make these changes in our heart and our mind to to a better hand, to depending on Jesus instead of our own ways, that so often we get so focused on the past. Because the past is familiar. And though the past has thorns, and though the past has thickets, and though the past hasn't brought places of rest in our life, we are still focused on the past even despite its weaknesses. I want to challenge us today to ask ourselves, what hand are you concerned with? The old hand that ultimately isn't able to get the job done the way God wants it to get done? Or are you concerned with that God's trying to bring a new hand? He's trying to bring His new power. He's trying to bring a new work into your life. This was what the listeners or those that Hebrews was written to, this is what they were dealing with. They're so focused on the old hand. Moses in the Old Covenant, that they're struggling to receive God's new hand that is sent to help them in Jesus. See, the former way of living and the former way for each of us in areas, listen, it leads to thickets. But I want to tell you that the other hand, the other option, leads to a throne. It leads to a place of rest. A A rest in areas. See, the thing about the thickets is, is you might think that when you move forward and you leave the thicket, that you're really free from it. But how many of you have ever been in the woods? I walk through the woods often in this season. And I could think that I made it through the thickets well, Josh, and yet I get up on the porch or get in the house and I have briars and I have things stuck to me in places that I didn't even know, you know, existed. And, uh, and they just find ways to stick to you. Some of you think that you've, you've left old ways, but you don't realize that the, the old ways that you're still carrying like thorns, still carrying briars. From the old way. I want to tell you today that Jesus has a hand. He doesn't just want to get you out of thickets and difficulties. But he don't want the thorns and the results of those thickets to stay with you in the journey and where he's taking you. Quit playing the wrong hand of the old way and let the new way and the better way be played in your life. You could sum sum it up. His work versus your work. Am I the only one that thinks that my work at times can accomplish more than his work? Am I the only one that face at times that think that, that I have the ability to do what only God can do at times? I want to tell you that no matter what thicket and circumstance you're in and where you've camped out in life, there is a better hand to lead you out of the thicket and His name is Jesus Christ. That there is a better hand that cannot just lead you out of the thicket, but there is a better hand that can lead you to a place of rest in areas that continue to afflict you. It's amazing because a a thorn is small, but it can create such mental anxiety. A constant nagging. You know what I'm talking about. 
You ever had life where you've left the situation, you've left the relationship, you've left the old, and yet there's still something about it that's still seemingly afflicting you? It's like a thorn, right? This plays with what the writer of Hebrews is saying because he's talking about the nation of Israel and he's using the example of God's dealing with the nation of Israel and how he wanted to lead them into a promised land of rest. And he's writing to believers and he's saying, listen... If you look back at the nation of Israel, God had a place of rest for them. But because they tried to play their hand instead of let God play His hand, that they constantly had thorns and thickets all around them. They couldn't ultimately enjoy the blessings and the provisions of God because though they had left Egypt, there were still some thorns of Egypt in their life. I need to make clear here in Dwelling Place Church today and in Dwelling Place Movement that we are a church... And a movement where God can heal and move in our life and remove thorns from past thickets. We're not a church that has to cover up and hide hurts, thorns, wrong desires. From our past. We're a church where there's freedom to come in and get messy in the Father's table. Let Him to deal with things that might seem insignificant and small in our life, but they're like thorns that keep harassing us and oppressing us and nagging us. And God wants us to be free from the thorns of past thickets so that He brings us in that area to a place of rest. Rest. I don't want to be in my present, but constantly have to have my past nagging me. There's a better hand. You believe Jesus today is a better hand than the hand of man? I do. He primarily uses man, but never forget it's his hand through the man's hand that makes it better. So he says there's a better hand. There's also, though, a better hope. He said the law made nothing perfect. What does he mean by that? Here's what he means. He means the law brought nothing to completion. It's like... The law made it tax season all year. How many of you got your taxes done? I hope everybody. We're faithful stewards here, man. We don't need no fines, you know what I'm saying? Give more money that can be used for the kingdom of God. No. How many of you know once it's done, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, I've, in, I've entered the rest. Imagine living life like it's tax season all the time. Well, this is what what the law did. The old way, the old hand that was dealt, that people tried to play life with, the old covenant, the law of Moses, it didn't bring anything to be finally settled. There was always something glooming, hanging over the heads and the lives and the marriages and the businesses and the opportunities of the people of God. It never finalized issues. See, in the law, they were covered temporarily. They, through the blood of animals, they had areas in their life that had got 
caught in thickets. See, if you ever get caught in the thicket, when you go to get out, you're going to get some thorns. But areas where they got caught in thickets, they could take animals under the law and sacrifice them, and the blood would cover them, listen, even though they still had some thorns from thickets in their life. And the blood covered them so that God could then begin to bless them even despite the residue and the thorns from previous thickets and mistakes and and things that went wrong in their past. But listen, we should start a fining system here to help the, the Word of God go forward that for every time Pastor Chad or someone else says the blood covers them, the blood of Jesus, we have to give $10 to the work of God. You know why? Because now there's a better way and there's a better blood. There's a better hope. And the hope in the new covenant is that the blood doesn't just cover you and leave the pain of the past and leave the the thorns and the issues and the nagging and the, the shame of the past there. The blood of Jesus doesn't cover. The blood of Jesus cleanses. The blood of Jesus can bring areas before that could never get a sense of finality and rest and completion. The blood of Jesus can work such a miracle by the power of God to bring that area to rest. That the blood has cleansed it. The blood of Jesus has healed it. But, but the law didn't do that. Listen, there was never a ceasing of the offerings. In fact, they had to year by year offer sacrifices, even remembering past mistakes. Listen to me. Some of you are still living playing the old hand. You're coming in and you're trying to keep offering things this year from some thickets and some mistakes that you stumbled and fell in in previous years. That's living the old way. The old hand. This is a better hope. See, the law couldn't completely settle the matter in your mind. It just covered it. See, maybe some of our ladies understand this better than us men. Because ladies, you are fortunate enough to live in a culture that accepts and celebrates mascara and makeup. And mascara and makeup is what's called cover-up, concealer. But a woman knows that though the makeup can cover some wrinkles and some fact that I am aging, you still, at the end of the day, know like a thorn in your thumb that the wrinkle's there. Are you with me? See, the law could cover it up, but it couldn't finish up the matter. You still had an awareness of the, of, the, of the mistake, of the sin, of the issue, of the brokenness. See, the law couldn't completely finish the past issues, sins, and mistakes. There was always this awareness of it. And also through the law, our own works couldn't bring the rest. I mean, you could be having a, an outstanding year for the kingdom of God. And yet the law... And under the old way, you still would be hearing the nag like a, like a splinter and a thorn in your hand. You would still be hearing and feeling that nagging of a past year and its failure. See, in the Old Testament, there were sins and transgressions. Sins and transgressions. 
You read about this in Leviticus of how they had to deal with their sins. What is a sin? A sin is when you fall into a thicket and you, and you get stuck. You think a thicket, you think a relationship, you think a choice, you think a temporary pleasure is actually going to protect you and benefit you. But in the end, when you go to leave it, when you go to pull your hand, it, it scars you. It, it puts piercings in you. It leaves thorns in you. It leaves you bleeding. A transgression is when you clearly know there's a thicket. And if I go into that situation, I'm not going to come out without bringing hurt into my life, difficulties in my life, shame into my life. And there's a clear line, but we do what? We transgress and go past that line and still go into the thicket. There's sins and transgressions. And you read about in Leviticus how under the law, God made temporary provisions to deal with it. There's what's called the burn offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering, sin offering, offerings with restitution. There were unintentional sins. There were then some transgressions that the sacrifice of animals and its blood could cover. But listen to me, here's the deal. With the old way, there were certain sins where there was no blood that could cover it. No makeup that could conceal it. Listen where you could continue to live on the earth and God bless and empower you. Listen, there were some sins in the old way that once it was found out, the community who feared God would have to go and lead that person, sometimes the entire family, lead them outside the camp and they would have to stone them on the spot and kill them. The old way meant if... If you mess up and fall into some thickets, it's okay. There's some animal blood that can cover you. But if you fall into that one type of thicket, it is, listen, it is over. It is over. Your life is over. And you would be executed. You read about it in Leviticus 20 and 2. He shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stone. Listen, this is the old way. Some of us live like that even though the new hand and a better hope and a better hand's come in. We live by saying, you know what? I know I'm growing and in my growing like a little child I'm going to stumble some. I'm going to have to learn to, to walk out who God made me and use the resources God's given me. And some of you, you've fallen in, in certain issues and thickets and came out, but you see the power of His blood cleanse you and you, you felt the cleansing and you've moved on and experienced healing and a deliverance of the shame and the guilt. But some of you, you have fell into a type of thicket and it's left a thorn in your life and you think that that area and that issue in your life, that the blood of Jesus doesn't have the power to cleanse. And because of that, we start hiding We start concealing because we believe that we're living under the old way. That there's certain sins, certain thickets, certain thorns that the blood of Jesus can cleanse. But there are other sins that He can't. We try to continue into our future. Not dealing with that nagging. Not dealing with those thorns. And the enemy begins to try to rob us of the life and the life more abundant and 
God's mercy and God's compassion and God's grace and God's power and the work of God's Spirit that can make broken places whole. Come on, I'm talking to you about real life today. But the good news is a better hope has come in. Jesus, the writer of Hebrews says, the forerunner has entered the very presence of God. And this is a better hope than Abraham's bosom. Even in the old way. If you manage to not fall into that one type of thicket where instantly you had to die, you died in faith. And when you died in faith, the old way was still not good enough to cleanse you. And you couldn't go right into the very presence of God. They went to what Jesus called Abraham's bosom. And Abraham's bosom was a place in Hades, also referred to Sheol, but it was protected from the torment of the flames. But see... It wasn't a way where they could instantly go into the very presence of God. They had to wait until the better hope, the better hand, the better covenant came, Jesus. The better blood came. But we have a better hope. That the blood of Jesus is good enough, it's spotless enough. That when we die, to be absent from the body, instantly we go into the presence Almighty God our Father. A better hand, a better hope. And then he says in Hebrews, there's a better covenant. It's a better covenant, the new way. Why is it a better covenant? He uses the word surety. Let me give you the translation of surety. It's sure. It is sure. Surety means it's guaranteed. There is a covenant Where Jesus has become a guarantee. It's the new covenant. How is it a guarantee? Well, listen, the old way, under the law of Moses, you might have been close to the priest. He knew you and your family. The problem is, is that priest is going to die. When that priest dies, your confidence that the sacrifices that the priest used to offer to you that covered you and you saw God still bless and work in your life and healing your life. Maybe your confidence then gets diminished because the priest that you had confidence in who knew how to offer the sacrifices rightly, that priest died. You don't know the new priest. Listen, but we have a better covenant because our high priest, Jesus Christ, he never dies, Andy. He never dies. He has an endless life. That's why We have a guarantee, a guarantee that thorns and thistles and hurts and failures and brokenness can be dealt with because our priest has an endless life. He's not going to die, and therefore it's an endless covenant. The covenant's not going to change. It's not like the first five years of following Jesus Christ. If you stumble into a thicket, the blood of Jesus can cleanse it and also heal the effects of your mistake. But once you reach year 10 of following Jesus, you enter into a new stage with a new covenant where now if you fall into the wrong thicket, the call and purpose of God is over for your life. The ability to be blessed and cleansed is over for your life. No, 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 no. We have a better covenant. It is an endless covenant because there is no death will will ever stop His blood from being able to cleanse and to heal. This is He says He's able to save to the uttermost. You know why He's able to save to the uttermost? Because He's not going to die. And He's going to be with you on the whole journey. 
And He is able to deliver you. He is able to heal you. He is able to cleanse you. He is able to empower you. He is able to work to will and to do according to God's pleasure along the whole journey because He is never going to die. And because He's never going to die, the guarantee is never going to stop. That today is the day of salvation. It's the day of salvation. You can be healed and delivered and allow the high priest of the new covenant, Jesus, to cleanse areas that have nagged, been nagging you. Areas that have been concealed and hidden. Listen, he's able to save to the uttermost. And listen, he lives to make intercession. He's not going to go away. I'm going to explain. That's where we're going to end of how he lives to make intercession. But listen, priest in the first hand, under the first covenant, they had to offer up sacrifices first for themselves, then for the people. But Jesus just offered up himself once for all. Why? Because he had no sins of his own. The writer of Hebrews calls him... And verse 26 of Hebrews 7 calls him holy and innocent, undefiled, separate from sinners, higher than the heavens. It is a better covenant because, listen, Jesus is the guarantee of it. Jesus, who will stop, who will never stop being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Merciful, compassionate, able to cleanse able to heal, able to deliver, able to save to the uttermost. Then the writer of Hebrews, follow me in Hebrews 8 and verse 7. Let's read this together. He says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second, because finding fault with them, he, God, says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant. Watch this. And I disregarded them. They reached a place where the blood of bulls and goats couldn't help them anymore. But we got a better covenant. And I'm telling you, it don't matter how far you've strayed. It don't matter... To what corner of the earth you've ran from the love of God and the grace of God and the goodness of God. There is a better covenant with better blood that's able to cleanse. And I'm talking about cleanse to so purify that area that it delivers to the uttermost. He says, but here's the new covenant. For this is the covenant, verse 10, that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brothers saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. What's he mean? Well, when the writer of Hebrews wrote that, the temple system was still existed. This is the transition. They can still physically see 
the old way. Some of you, this is the issue of faith for you. You can still physically see some of the old thickets, the old places that you camped out, the old relationships, the, the old places where you made. And, and that made the transition harder for them because they had to walk by faith that though the temple is still there and there's some people that's offering up the old way and the old hand and the old sacrifices, that the better covenant, the better hand, and the better blood has already entered the scene. Is that not the kingdom of God that is though it's not visible to the natural eye, it is available today and it is a better way to experience a better peace, a better righteousness, and a better life in Him. Can I hear an amen? But notice this. The new and better covenant is established on better promises. You know why? Because the promises of I will. Notice what God says about the new covenant. He says, I will make the covenant I will make the covenant. He says, listen, I will put my laws in your mind and in your heart. So I'm telling you today, if you'll hear the truth that there's a better covenant on better promises, young people, old people, listen, we won't try to go play the old hand Of thinking that we have to control and do things with our own hand. Listen to me. Because God, by His very hand, can change people in their heart and mind. And wherever they go, they go with the, the will of God and the character of God written on the inside of them. There's a better way. He says, I'll be their God. You know what that means? The redemptive names, you'll see it in your life. I'll be Jehovah Shalom, your peace. I'll be Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I'll be Jehovah Rapha, your healer. I will be their God. Who I am will come into their life. I'll shepherd them. But notice what also he says, I'll be merciful to them. I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. You know what he's saying? I'll bring the past to completion. You won't have to remember your old life anymore. You won't have to remember the old thickets you were a part of and the sting of sin and the old places you tried to reach in and find temporary pleasure that ultimately left you broken and cut and bruised and harmed you and brought more shame and difficulties in your life. He says, the new way, you won't have to remember that at all. That there is a blood that can so cleanse you, so deliver you, so heal you that it's people look at you and say, what? You had an old life? You say, yeah, but it's one that he remembers no more. It's one that the blood has cleansed in my life. He says, the new way, I'll bring the past to completion. The new is learning to move from thickets and the effects of thickets to a throne and a place of rest. Resting that God has cleansed me of all my past. God is working now in the present to write upon my heart and mind. His very will, His very desires, His very character in my life. Arrest. Arrest knowing that even if you've fallen into some thickets and as a believer and messed up, that there still is a better hand and a better blood and a better hope and a better covenant that can bring that area of brokenness and rebellion and sin to a place of resting and complete victory and salvation in that area. 
That's the new covenant. I don't care how long. I mean, it, mean I don't care in the sense of the lies. How long that issue's been in your life. How long it's been concealed. How long it's been covered over as a believer. How long you've been in the process. Though the righteous fall seven times, he gets up. I'm telling you that we have a better covenant that was established by a better Lord with better blood. And listen, he's able to bring that area that keeps afflicting you to rest. To rest. Where you can allow the full salvation of God to enter in into that area. See, the new covenant is the promise of the eternal inheritance. Listen, has been obtained by an eternal redemption. What does eternal redemption mean? Listen, eternal redemption is the opposite of the old way, the law of Moses and the old covenant's redemption because the old covenant's redemption is you could fall in any thicket. You could stumble into any sin except certain ones and if you did, it's over. You cannot be redeemed. You died on the spot. But we have an eternal redemption. Meaning, listen. Through the blood of Jesus, God has made a way to eternally, constantly put before you the option of bringing that area that you thought some thicket, some temporary pleasure would bring you to rest. You would finally feel accepted. You would finally feel loved. You would finally find fulfillment in that temporary pleasure. That, listen... God has made an eternal way to always put before you a way to bring that area back under His Lordship and experience the freedom and the rest and the salvation that Jesus Christ has purchased for you. Is your stumbling changed the death that He offered once and for all? Is your weaknesses Change the blood of the Holy Lamb of God that was shed. No way possible. Listen, it is an eternal redemption. And if you would allow the eternal Holy Spirit to write the reality of what we're looking at today upon your heart and mind, listen to me. The lies and the rebellion... And the inferiority and all that stems from the unbelief that God's love is that sufficient and the blood of Jesus is that sufficient. Listen, it would break off those crooked things that's trying to pervert and divert you from the path of God. Because listen, the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in His blood wants to bring you to become settled and at rest with the reality that he's a perfect father. That he will never leave you nor forsake you. That there is not a thicket you can fall into. Where the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus doesn't provide a way to bring that area back under his lordship. And you know why you want his lordship? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Oh, come on. There is not a mistake. That as a believer you can make where the blood of Jesus can't cleanse 
Bring that area back up to the standard of God that He has for you, who He made you, where you began to be blessed and empowered to walk up rightly in that area. What am I talking about? I'm talking about some of you have been living under the old way, trying to play the old hand because you know that you've had some failures and mistakes as a believer. And the devil is using those to point to the thorns in your side and in your conscience saying, oh, you can't be empowered. Oh, you'll never experience full victory in that area. And then we just start twisting scripture and say, well, Paul had a thorn in his side. His thorn must have been this area of sin. This crookedness. Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. He's able to cleanse. He's able to bring it to completion. And it doesn't matter how long you've been in the process. I just want to remind us today through these scriptures that Jesus is able. Listen, this brings us Hebrews 9.15. See, the Bible says that now the new covenant, that there are sins that couldn't be cleansed under the old covenant that can be cleansed under the new covenant. For the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of an eternal inheritance. You can experience cleansing and experience still the plan and life of God for you if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to apply His grace and the blood to areas where under the old way you couldn't live. You couldn't be blessed. But you can under the new way. And then here's in conclusion, the main point is that he is seated. Somebody say he is seated. See, the main point, follow me, Hebrews 8.1, the main point is this. Now this is the main point, Hebrews 8.1, of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens. Let's read it again. Now this is the main point. Someone say main point. This is the main point of all that we've been saying in Hebrews. Is that we have a high priest who is seated at the right hand of God. What's that mean? It means he accomplished something that is eternal. It's a finished work. It is a rest. And Jesus is sitting on the throne of rest because his blood is sufficient. His cross is sufficient. His resurrection is sufficient. His new covenant is sufficient. Because the new covenant, God says, I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. I'll cleanse you today. I'll cleanse you so thoroughly that it would be like a thorn. It was never in that place that you never fell in that thicket. I'll cleanse you. I'm able to save and deliver you to the uttermost where people can look at your life and say, what? You were in bondage to what? He's able to save you to the uttermost. How much more do we have a better covenant on better promises? The Old Testament said that God could cause them to go through fire and not smell like smoke. Well, I want to tell you that you maybe have stumbled and messed up and you fell into some thickets that's brought shame and guilt in your life and condemnation and the sense of religion that you need to cover. But I'm here to tell you that the gospel of God is a throne of grace. It's a throne of grace. A grace that, listen, will cleanse and save to the uttermost. Because grace doesn't cover. The grace of God annihilates. It demolishes mountains. 
It heals the valleys. It cleanses us. The main point is he's seated. Listen, it is a work, it is a covenant that guarantees our rest that you can rest knowing that all of your previous way of life has been forgiven, that it has been cleansed that it doesn't have the power to dictate the plan and the future that God has for you that you don't have to carry the hurts and the residue and and all of the thorns from the thickets of previous issues in your life that you can be so utterly clean by the blood and by the power of God listen Can I tell you that God writes right? God writes right. And He's able to write rightly on your heart and mind where you're conformed to the image of Jesus. Why don't you let the better hand start writing your story? Why don't you let the better hand start writing your desires? Why don't you start letting the better hand start writing His will for you, His path for you? Why don't you let the better hand start writing your character? You'll let the better hand, the hand of the Holy Spirit, start writing the blood on your heart and mind. It will so cleanse you. (laughs) It will so purify you. That you'll have a boldness that is so separate from your past. Because the past has been completely dealt with. And you've reached a place of resting with the things that have pricked you, tormented you, afflicted you so long. See, I walked in defeat for years. Because I didn't truly understand that there was a better hand, a better hope, a better covenant on better promises. And listen to me. I'm not talking about things I did before I confessed Jesus as Savior. I'm talking about a person that was broken, a person that fell into thickets. I never should have fell in. I'm talking about major mistakes. And I lived in years of oppression and defeat. Thought I had to hide the failures of my sincerity, but I was sincerely wrong. See, I thought we just had temporary redemption, brother. I thought I just had a temporary father. I thought he was just temporary with me, but that I fell into some thickets that were too bad to be cleansed to be empowered to be used again I'm telling you today that there's a better covenant I'm telling some backsliders watching I'm telling some prodigals that's been straying I'm telling some people that's been pricked in their conscience and their hearts for years or decades saying that God can't cleanse it God can't deliver it that God's path and purpose for your life is over I'm telling you that the main point of what we're saying is that our high priest of our new covenant has better blood that leads to a throne, leads to a place of rest that allows you to be saved and delivered to the uttermost and cleansed so you can move forward again. By the power of His hand, not by the power of our hand. See, we only conceal when we don't believe truly the power of His blood. We hide. Listen to me. Lastly, he lives to make intercession. Intercession is a Greek word that means the state of continuing lighting upon a person or a thing. The state of continuing to hit upon a person. To fall into a person. The state of constantly going to meet a person. To consult them. 
to supply things for them. Listen, Jesus lives to constantly be in a state where He can enter into your issues. He can enter into your mind. He can enter into your heart. He can enter into your marriage. He can enter into your home. He can enter into your path. And listen, He can hit the mark. He can hit the mark and He can deliver and purify and cleanse what even ministers and people and books and things hadn't been able to hit. I'm telling you that our Jesus is able to consistently enter in and hit the mark in those places. To save to the uttermost. To cleanse. And that's why Paul, because he knew it, he said in Romans 8, who is he that condemneth? That is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us, and neither life nor death, nor principality, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come can ever separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. No thickets that can keep the option of you bringing that area back under his lordship where you can be truly cleansed, truly delivered, truly made whole, truly complete in that area. Listen, Jesus lives to enter the thickets to make the bleeding cease. You understand, even at leaders, as leaders in the call of God, there's times we, we're leading, but we're bleeding. Whether you're a leader or a believer... Both. I want us to hear that Hebrews says that Jesus lives to enter the area and to cause the bleeding, to cause the pain, to cause the pricking and the nagging and the accusations and the guilt to cease. He's able to save to the uttermost. And He's able to enter that area and to hit the mark. To do a thoroughly perfect work. He's able to hit that area that's been immature. And able to ensure and guarantee that you'll reach maturity in it. He's able to enter the area that you tried to conceal and hide. And to ensure that it can be fully cleansed. That you'll be cleansed to serve again. There's a better covenant today. There's a better way. There's a better hand. His name is Jesus. And I want to tell you religion to throw you out a lot of circles. But Jesus has made a way. He is the door saying, come to my throne. It's a throne of grace. And I can hit the mark perfectly and change what needs to be changed about your life. To cleanse and to purify it. If you believe that Jesus lives to enter into your thickets, enter into your mistakes, enter into your hurts, enter into your issues, I want you with all of us, let's stand to our feet as they begin to sing because I want some people to let the Holy Spirit write upon their heart and mind that you've maybe been in a thicket, that your hand has maybe been in a thicket, that your life has been stuck in a thicket, that you have some thorns and some cuts and you've been bleeding and you've been hurt, but God has a better hand. His name is Jesus and He wants to lead you to that place coming to completion. He wants to bring it to completion. He wants to bring it to full deliverance, full salvation, a full cleansing. Let Him do it today. Why don't you lift your hands, surrendering and saying, I want your hand to come upon. Go ahead, Tony. Make a prayer. Listen, He's here. Again, thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at www.dwellingplacemovement.org.